0: Sometimes we got to learn to trust him when stuff doesn't make sense. Because I couldn't figure out why he gave me the word that he gave me for this morning until this moment. Now it makes sense. Uh, He he gave you the the pull. He gave us the pull. Now he wants to give us the mindset and the understanding as to why. Uh, I've been walking through this this series, uh, Seeing the Kingdom, Through the kingdom of Wakanda. I've been talking through this whole idea of of what the movie Black Panther actually... uh, It was more than just a cultural or entertainment phenomenon. But it's actually insight into even the very mind of God. And what he's up to and what he desires to do in and through our lives. It's it's a great story, but it's more than that. Uh, And so I want to continue with this whole process by dealing with the kingdom in crisis... The kingdom in crisis now some of you um, may have tried may have figured out with what what's going on with all of the palm fronds and the palm branches that this is Palm Sunday uh, in in the in church tradition this is the day that we celebrate and remember when Jesus came into Jerusalem in what was known as the triumphal entry it was Jesus coming into Jerusalem uh, at the start of the last week of his life on earth, okay? So th- this, th- as he came into the city from the southeast side, uh, the Bible talks about how people began to recognize for a split second and in a moment that th- this wasn't just some guy, there was something that was happening. Uh, and this last week of Jesus' earthly life got off to a great start. Uh, it looked kind of like this
1: wrong
0: one
2: of Badu, give to you Prince Tichala the Black Panther.
0: In that same scene, Jesus comes into the city full of celebration. John 12 and 12 through 16 tells us that it was a large crowd that had gathered. They were getting ready to celebrate the Passover. And the Bible says they took these palm branches and the, the crowd began to break them off from the trees and start to wave them. Mark 11, 7 through 10 talks about that as this crowd was gathered, Jesus was in the center of the procession. He was riding on a donkey. It was a symbol of peace, it was a symbol of authority. And as the people are waving the palm branches, Jesus was the center of attention. The the entire nation, it seemed, had gathered to witness the the Messiah and the King coming into the capital city of Jerusalem. Matthew 21 says that as, as Jesus was coming through, people were shouting at the top of their voices, praise God. For the son of David, that that messianic title. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. They were singing, they were shouting, they were celebrating. Because Jesus was offering himself to the nation, to the world, as the true king. As the Messiah. And as people began to recognize it, they began to wave the palm branches That's what Palm Sunday is all about. It's a sign of salute. It's a sign of of recognition of who you are and what what it's about. And, and, you know, what tends to happen in crowds. Uh, When a few folks start shouting, other folks start shouting, but they may not know why. Don't act like you've never been in that concert and you don't know what they said, but because somebody else was hollering, you hollered too. And, and the whole city, it seemed, began to erupt. It got so loud that, that some of the uh, religious conservatives told Jesus, hey, listen, you're making too much noise. Tell your disciples to calm it down. Jesus said, listen, if they shut up, the very rocks are going to start crying out. And since you don't want to be tripped out by that, you may as well let them do what they do. And this, this last week of Jesus' life on earth begins with this welcome as king and as Messiah. But as the week went along, it morphed into a more tense environment because of what Jesus came to do in that last week. Listen, you and I need to understand that we can embrace the kingdom, we can celebrate the kingdom, but you have to expect that that will bring tension in your life. when when you make Jesus the center of attention, it's going to bring some tension to some things in your life that you may not have considered before. Check this out. That, That as Jesus offers himself as king and as he seeks to usher in his kingdom, some expected tensions arose because... Folks didn't know which side of the fence to take right. with what Jesus was offering. I, I can show you better than I can tell you.
1: The Queen Mother and Shuri, they are safe, yes. Oh, We should get to them immediately. And they so crazy. Though my heart is with you. We cannot turn over our nation to a man who showed up here only hours ago. He is of royal blood. He killed T'Challa. In ritual combat. Does that really matter? You are the greatest warrior Wakanda has. Help me overthrow him before he becomes too strong. Overthrow? I'm just and go as they so choose I am loyal to that throne no matter who sits upon it what are you loyal to I loved him I loved my country too then you serve your country no I save my country
0: Tensions started arising because as Jesus comes into the city to all of this celebration and all of this adulation, as he offers the kingdom and with him as the king, the Bible says that he enters the temple and he sees that folks had set up there... These tables to change people's money from wherever they come from into the drachma that was used in temple worship. And there was the ability to buy the the, the ram or the, the turtle dove or whatever you needed for your Passover sacrifice, and all of this business was going on in the place that God had called to be a house of prayer. And Jesus comes in, and this this is, you know, this is why you can't. Uh, buy into those little pictures of the little scrawny, blonde-haired Jesus. You know, the the Jesus that looks so humble that a stiff, strong wind will blow him over. Remember, this dude was a carpenter. He handled trees. He picked up stuff. And so the Bible says that he began to overturn the money tables, and he began to kick folks out, and he made a whip and and showed them who was in charge. He challenged the, the very motivational underpinnings of how religion was done in his own environment. He then goes on and gets into these discussions with religious leaders that literally he calls them wicked. He stands in the face of power and called them out. Wow, wow, wow. Then he goes from there and he predicts. He says, y'all see this big, huge six-story temple? He says, in three days, it's going to be torn down. And they were like, wait, what? Somebody going to mess with our religious spot? They're going to mess with our place of worship? Oh, no, it ain't going to happen. And they didn't get, he wasn't talking about the building. He was talking about the reason why the building was there. He was talking about his own body, his own death and resurrection. And people were beginning to try to choose sides. Was the kingdom agenda to serve, organize religion, or to save the religion? See, the, 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 where most of us get stuck, where a lot of good people get stuck, is you, you think that the kingdom is a part of what it means to do church. And so you might think that this is some kind of thing that is seeking to reform the church and save it from the drama that it's in. Others of you get stuck because you think that this is something completely different. This kingdom thing that God wants to do, this has nothing to do with the church. And so we've got to be radical. We've got to rethink these things. Is the kingdom here to serve organized religion or to save it? The answer is yes. Yes. But tension arises when you don't understand or you think that you have to be on one side or the other. But notice what Jesus says in Matthew 10, verses 34 through 39. He says, don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. Don't don't fool yourself about what this is about. I didn't come to bring, bring peace. I came to start a fight. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. That ain't hard. (laughs) Your enemy, watch this. Jesus said your enemies will be the people from your own family. Because many of us come from church families. And they messing with you about fooling with this doggone Upton and this refuge church and all of this kingdom stuff. And you got to recognize that you should expect that kind of tension. Jesus said, if you love your father or your mother more than you love me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you, if, you're so, if you are so important to you that you got to cling to what you think you need to live, you'll actually lose your life. But if you give up your life for me, you'll find it. Notice that Jesus comes to divide between those who have to cling to something other than him. And in this last week of his life, when the disciples got caught up in the celebration, they didn't understand Jesus' motivation. The party is great, but let's get down to where the rubber meets the road. Are you in this thing because of what it gives to you? Or are you in it for what you bring to it? Are you trying to save your life? Or are you trying to serve your king? But watch this. It, it sounds a little... It sounds like an antithetical misnomer. But notice the subtle difference between these two things that Jesus says. In Matthew 12, verse 30, he says, Anyone who isn't with me opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working Against me. No, no, notice this. When Jesus isn't the center, when Jesus isn't the king, then whoever is working against that idea is actually in opposition to Jesus. If, if what's more important is your affiliation to your political party, then to Jesus as king, you're actually working for the other side. If, if saving your job is more important than being involved in your calling. But then watch what he says in Mark chapter 9. Uh, John, who had, he, you know, he had kind of a, a, a temper control problem. He had anger management issues. Uh, John comes to Jesus. He says, teacher, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, and we told him to stop because they weren't in our group. They didn't go to refuge. (laughs) Jesus said, don't stop them. No one who performs a miracle in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone who is not for us is against us. If anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will surely be rewarded. Watch this. Jesus makes this strong statement, whoever isn't with us is opposing us. Then the fellow said, hey, we saw somebody trying to do ministry, but they weren't doing it, they're using your name, and we told them to stop. Jesus was like, wait, we're on the same side. Wait, wait. Didn't you just say? <laughs> Jesus, listen, he is okay with tension. He's okay with controversy, even rivalry. But realize that the kingdom can't stand, withstand division. Jesus came and embracing him as the king and his kingdom means you, will, you and I will never get to be comfortable with just church thinking. Well, what we did at Mount Pisgah <laughs> may not work over here. But at the same time, we don't hate on Mount Pisgah. Because it's larger than, than, than gang affiliation. Well, they, do, they wasn't wearing the I'm here to serve refuge shirt. He, he Watch this. One of the things that Jesus loves to do is to challenge what you and I hold dear. Every once in a while, he's going to make you ask to sacrifice your Isaac that he gave you, that he promised you. He's going to make you take what's important to you and look at it from a different perspective and say, now, now what's more important, loving Jesus or winning the argument? Uh, I, I got into this big discussion with a, a group of pastors this week uh, related to this um, the LGBTQ issues going on in our country and um, even had got an email, all of the alums got an email um, from Morehouse Board of Trustees because now they've made the decision that they have to admit those transgenders who identify, self-identify as male, whether they were born that way or not. So the, you've got all of these controversies going on, all this stuff is happening. And, and one of the, one of my buddies was like, see, this is just wrong. That's why the church got a blue, so-and-so. So, so and I said, wait, 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 wait. Didn't Jesus get caught hanging out with the folks that the church folks said didn't deserve time and attention yeah but at the same time no 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 challenge your beliefs bro Jesus didn't come to make us comfortable he came to start a fight and watch this the fight that he starts starts in us starts with our beliefs starts with our our comfortability And he loves to create tension. Why? Sometimes we come to the altar, Lord, we need you to solve this tension. Sometimes he likes the tension. Because it makes you run to him. And brings you to the end of yourself and your wisdom and your understanding. And makes you say, Lord, I, I don't know what to do. Jesus forces the issue in his last week. Because he he's okay with the tension. He even made this statement in Matthew 12 and 25, um, as he's creating controversy. He knew their thoughts, and he said to them, "Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to destruction or desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand." He's okay with tension. He does not want division. And I speak to every dividing spirit in somebody's home, and I call you out in the name of Jesus, and I declare that you shall not bring down that which belongs to God. Because division breeds betrayal. Let me show you this.
2: Glory
1: to it's still growing. Of course. I see Makia is back. You guys going to work it out? Chala, uh, what's wrong?
2: Makia thinks we should be doing more. More like what? Foreign aid, refugee
1: programs. You let the refugees in, they bring their problems with them. And then Wakanda is like everywhere else. Now, if you said you wanted me and my men to go out there and clean up the world, then I'd be all for it.
2: But wedding on other countries has never been
1: our way. Wakabi is here.
2: What's going on, brother? Huh? Where is Glo? He's not here. Slipped through our hands.
1: Slipped. For 30 years, your father was in power and did nothing. With you, I thought you'd be different. But it's more of the same. Ted, speak.
2: I'm standing in your house, serving justice to a man who stole your vibranium and murdered your people. Justice your king couldn't deliver. I don't care that you brought Claw. Only reason I don't kill you or how you stand is because I know who you are. Now, what do you want? I want the throne. <laughs>
1: hey, you,
2: the tuna. <laughs> Y'all sitting up here comfortable. Must feel good. It's about two billion people all over the world that looks like us. But their lives are a lot harder. Wakanda has the tools to liberate them all. And what tools are those? Vibranium. Your weapons. Our weapons will not be used to wage war on the water. It is not our way to be judge, jury, and executioner for people who are not our own. Not your own. But didn't life start right here on this continent? So ain't all people your people? I am not king of all people. I am king of Wakanda. And it is my responsibility to make sure our people are safe and that vibranium does not fall into the
1: hands of a person like you. Son, we have entertained the charlatan for too long. Reject his request.
2: Oh, I ain't requesting nothing. Ask who I am.
1: You're Eric Stevens. An American black operative. A mercenary nicknamed Killmonger. That's who you are.
2: That's not my name, Princess. Ask me, King. No. Ask me. Take him away. Ungubani! Indigo and Tadaka! Uh, I found my daddy with panther claws in his chest. You ain't the son of a king, you're the son of a murderer. Lies! I'm
1: afraid not, Queen Mother. You intend that to an chobu?
2: Hey, auntie. I'm exercising my blood right. The challenge for the mantles of king and Black Panther.
0: last week Jesus creates tension he stresses belief systems he has to push something and it started to cause some internal unraveling in his squad to manifest Uh, to be sure it probably started long before this but in Luke 22 verse 3 the Bible says that Satan entered into Judas Iscariot who was one of the twelve And Judas went to the leading priests and captains of the temple guard to discuss the best way to betray Jesus to them. Watch this. The Bible says in Mark 14 and 10, he went to them to arrange it. They didn't court him. He went to them. In John 13, as they're sitting down at the Last Supper. Uh, John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was sitting next to Jesus at the table. And Simon Peter asked him, who, who are you talking about is going to betray you? So the disciple leaned over and asked, Lord, who is it? And Jesus responded, it's the one to whom I dipped the bread in the bowl. And when he dipped it, John peeped the game and saw him hand it to Judas. And when Judas had eaten the bread, watch this, Satan entered into him again. And Jesus tells Judas, get busy doing what you got to do. I know who you are, but go do what you got to do. When he leaves, the other 11 disciples are thinking, well, Judas is the treasurer. He's the God that we trust with the money. He went from the trusted one to the one Who something was so wrong with Jesus, he went to Jesus' enemies and then sided with the enemy. Notice this. Check this out. The biggest threat to the kingdom's advancement is not from the enemy without. The biggest threat is from the disillusioned within. Jesus said it like this, anybody who puts their hand to the plow and finds a reason to look back to the old way is not fit for the kingdom of God. Notice the progression from being offended into causing division. It started out that he was Judas was one who was trusted. He was one who would have a good relationship with Jesus. Spending time with him, three and a half years sharing his life, seeing the great things that Jesus did. But something happened between that time of being a friend into coming into Jerusalem and causing tension that went from trust and unity to offense and bitterness that made him all of a sudden look sideways at Jesus. I thought it was going to be better than this. Be careful that as you embrace the kingdom, everybody in your camp is not in your corner. Be careful, watch this, of what you get offended by and hold on to. Because, see, stuff can can go sideways, and you can look at it and be like, I don't understand why that had to happen. But when you can't let it go, that offense turns into what Hebrews calls a root of bitterness. And pretty soon, you'll be the one that will create the division due to your rebellion. And you'll stand with Killmonger, and back his play for the kingdom. Listen, stuff is going to happen, but recognize Jesus says if you're the one causing the harm to the unity and advancement of the kingdom, you're going to get yourself in big trouble with God. He says it like this in Matthew 18 whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better. I can see Jesus clapping his hands as he said it. It would be better for that person if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the deepest, darkest depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of offenses. Watch what Jesus says for offenses must come it's gonna happen stuff gonna happen that don't that looks sideways to you but woe to the person by whom the offense is introduced to everybody else did you notice jesus said in matthew 26 and 24 the son of man must die because the scriptures already declared it long ago But how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him. It would be far better for that man if he had never been born. Again, recognize just because somebody's walking with you now, just because they're your prayer partner now, the more you embrace Jesus as king, the more you embrace the tension that comes with that, the more you embrace the the struggle between serve and save, the more folks in your life are going to go sideways on you. Betrayal and dissension is the greatest threat to kingdom advancement. But God is so much in charge. Matter of fact, go back to that that Matthew 26, 24 screen. Notice what Jesus says. Oh, I'm going to die, not because of Judas. Because this was in the Father's plan a long time ago. Nope, somebody missed it. You didn't see it yet. You didn't see it. You you thought they did you wrong. You didn't know they were just a catalyst for a setup for what God had already intended. (laughs) Watch this. Betrayal and dissension is the greatest threat to kingdom advancement, but it's also the greatest catalyst to the kingdom's agenda. The will of God will be shall be, gonna be fulfilled. It will come to pass, but it means a death. week that started with the adulation and the praise for the king turned into a week of tension that led to betrayal. Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, went through four different kangaroo courts in the middle of the night, was sentenced to be beaten and whipped with a cat of nine tails. He was sentenced to death by the vote of the very people that cried Hosanna at the beginning of the week. And the Bible says in Luke 23 and 33, when they came to a place called the Skull, they nailed him to the cross. And criminals were also crucified, one on his right, one on his left. When I was in Jerusalem, I got a chance to see this place called Skull Hill right outside on the north side of the city of Jerusalem. Uh, it, uh, in front of it now is a bus depot. But if you look, you see the two st- holes where the eyes would be, where the hole of the nose would be, the teeth at the bottom. It was a rock quarry where it was used to, bi- to quarry stones for the very temple that Jesus said would be destroyed. And on the top of that hill right there, they nailed Jesus to the cross. They, they, he should, The Bible says he should have died before they ever nailed him to the cross. As they, as they lifted that cross up and let it into the ground, bringing the, the tension on the spikes that they drove through his wrists, with his face bloodied and beaten, teeth missing, hair from his beard had been pulled out. His flesh literally hanging in tatters. The Bible says that the crowd began, who was watching began to mock him. Is this your king? Is this the one who he said he would save others and he can't even save himself? The Bible talks about how they mocked him saying he 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 said that he would he would be the end all of this and look at what you've done you put all your eggs in the basket of jesus and he can't even save himself do you realize that sometimes when it looks like the devil is winning to the point that he's talking noise to your spirit And making you question what you know that you know that you know you know him to be the king of the Jews but because of what you're going through because of what it looks like sometimes we tend to believe what we hear and what we see and not what we know and what's been placed in our hearts and watch this when the devil is talking junk that's the time to realize that God is still in control oh hallelujah I feel that for myself. So much so that the Bible says in Matthew 27 and 50 that Jesus shouted out and he released his spirit. He didn't die. They didn't kill him. He was so much in control. He released his own spirit. Even when he was hanging on a cross, looking like he was defeated, he was always in control. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but you need to recognize that while the enemy is talking noise to you, while he's selling wolf tickets, while he's making you believe that you have mistrusted and misbelieved in the wrong one, you need to know that even in that moment, God is still in control. Nothing gets past him. He is already knowing What's going to happen? The Bible says that it was about noon, but the earth became as dark as nighttime until about three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone. Darkness fell across the whole land. As Jesus died, the curtain in the sanctuary that was three and a half feet thick was ripped in two from the top to the bottom Jesus cried out Father into your hands I entrust my spirit and with those words he breathed his last the Bible says that this crowd had come to see him the women who followed Jesus were watching in deep sorrow while the one they trusted was dying And right when it looked like, the devil said, I'm the new Black Panther. The week that started out with Jesus being saluted as the King and the Messiah ended with his cruel execution for crimes that only you and I had committed. But realize, even in that part, There is a revelation. Before we get stuck on how wrong it is that Jesus died, remember, recognize it was a part of the Father's plan. That while you're stuck in what God lets die, notice that he's up to something even in what he asks you and I to give up. Because Jesus had already said in John 12, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, Jesus would have only been a savior of a local movement if he stayed alive. But if he let God have his spirit, if he let that thing go, if he let it die it would produce a much larger crop. Wow! And I don't know who needs to hear this, but in the middle of the enemy telling you, see, you trusted God and it's blowing up in your face, recognize that God wants this death. He wants that dream. He wants that, that, that high place in your heart. He wants that thing in you that, that keep, keeps you thinking that you are in control. He wants it to die. Because if it dies, it can produce something much greater from you. What the people celebrated on Palm Sunday, they misunderstood. Jesus knew from jump, I'm here to die. I I so embrace my kingness, I'm okay with Killmonger taking me out. Because that's the only way I can prove my true kingship. And God brought somebody to church today because you're struggling with the tensions of what he's making you believe, making you figure out, do I really believe this or was this just some stuff I shouted about in church? And do you believe it enough that even when things and people turn against you, you can trust the process Of watching something die, because you see God's plan in it. Can can I can I speak personally? This this was our home. This is what I saw God doing. And a friend decided he would rather do business than operate in the kingdom. And I'm having to give up and let die a dream. And the tension is, did I miss God? Did did that person miss God? How, how How did we end up in this place? And God's letting Killmonger throw the dream off the cliff. Can I trust him even in a death? Is he still in control? Is he still king even when the enemy looks like he's winning? Your answer is, I think so, but I'm struggling. Can I tell you, you're not very far from the kingdom of God. Because that's exactly how the kingdom works. You've got to let him... Take what he wants and trust whatever, whatever that means, whatever that looks like. I trust that he's in control. He, he's as much king as when I waved the palm branch, as when he's dying on the cross. And God brought somebody to church today because of the struggle this Palm Sunday. With what God in His sovereignty is letting die. There's nothing worse than working through did I miss God? Is God wrong or did I not hear right? But can I tell you, Jesus loves that tension. He's bringing you into that tension and pushing you to the brink. What are you willing to let die so that God and God alone can be in control? I need everybody standing on their feet. If you're able, I need you to clear your hands. You were mad at somebody because you felt like they betrayed you. You didn't know God had set all of that up. It, it's not that person's fault. God had a plan. Now, can you trust Him when the plan looks like it's imploding? That, that's the test of Palm Sunday. Do you just praise Him when times are good? Or do you praise him at the funeral too? Every head bowed. I can't help you with your tension. I can't pray you out of your own struggle. He's brought you this Palm Sunday to the brink of what you're struggling with because you got to make a decision. so, Father, I pray for those of us who are wrestling. There's tension. Did you bring us into this kingdom thing to to ruin our lives? Or are you trying to save our lives? Did, did Did you let that person betray us so that we would be in this spot? Or do we let it go? And let the grain of wheat die. Father, I pray right now for the ministering, comforting, assuring, and affirming power of your Holy Spirit in each life, in each mind, in each struggle, right now in the name of Jesus. Father, some of us are hurting. Some of us are scared. Because we're, you're making us ask questions we don't know the answer for. Father, some of us are just mad. Because it looks like you're taking what we thanked you for on Palm Sunday. You're making it die. But Father, if you would. By your Spirit, work through this tension. Work through this struggle. Let us see you with fresh eyes. Let let us take our hands off of the steering wheel and give control back to you. Let us trust you with what we can't stand. And help us to know that even if you got to kill this thing. Your plan is working perfectly according to your sovereign will. And so with tears in our eyes, with fear in our hearts, we declare we trust you. We don't know how, we don't know when, we don't know why, but we trust you. Whatever you need to do, whatever you need to kill, whoever we need to release from their betrayal, we trust you. We don't have anything or anybody else to go on. We trust you. So even in this Passion Week, this Holy Week, this week leading up to the celebration of your resurrection. Give us grace in the tension of the crucifixion. Lord, even if you don't answer the questions, even if you don't take away the fears, you're in complete control of us. So Father, right now, Do your best work in this worst place in our lives. And we declare your kingdom come, your will be done. Right here in us and on earth as it already is in heaven. Because we trust you. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 I need somebody to lose. Come on and wave your palm branch. If he's still king, if he's king in spite of, if he's Jesus anyway, I need somebody to give him an anyhow praise. I bless you anyhow. I praise you anyhow. In the midst of my tension, I bless you. In the midst of my questions, I praise you.
2: You're God all by yourself.